Hey, this is Matthew Pryfogel. Thanks for tuning in to the Thrive Ministries podcast. I hope you like it. I hope it brings you encouragement and brings you closer in your walk with Christ. Well, as we get started here, I just wanted to um, take a minute and say thank you for checking out the Thrive Ministries podcast. I can uh, see you're listening. I can see that that you're tuning in. And man, you have no idea what it means to me uh, for you to be listening right now. It, it, it seriously, it means the world that, uh, that you're checking this out. So I just, I pray that, um, that these words, that they touch you, that they affect you and that, you know, that God is working in your life, that uh, no matter where you fall, no matter where you are in your walk, God loves you and he is working in your life. All right. I just, that, that is more than anything. I want you to know that very thing. So as we uh, as we get started, uh, my wife and I and and several of our friends and family were involved in this really cool ministry called the Great Banquet, and it's basically a three day spiritual uh, journey, really. And you come and you get to hear all these talks, and you get to hear all these people kind of give their testimony. You kind of get to hear their story. You get to hear where they came from, where they were. You know, like we've said before. Where before they knew Jesus, how they came to know Jesus, and where they are now, and it is a very powerful experience. It's a very, it's an amazing experience, and I would highly recommend if you ever get a chance to go through something like this to do it. Just, just absolutely say yes and do it. Well, my wife is involved in a great banquet coming up, and she's been working on her testimony, which she has given before in front of people. Uh, in fact, last year, uh, throughout the year at church, we had a lot of people get up in front of the church and give their testimony, you know, tell them uh, what their life is like, what they've struggled with. And it's amazing to see what people connect with um, when that happens. And it's it's an incredible, incredible thing. But um, yeah, so my wife is, is involved in this great banquet, and she's going to give her uh, her testimony. And she's dealt with a lot of um, anxiety and stress and, and depression, and, and it's affected her um, for the majority of her life. But she gave all this to Jesus. She had this incredible breakthrough. And, um, you know, it, it's improved her. It's improved our marriage. It's, it's improved how she's a mom. It's really an incredible, incredible thing. But um, but here's the thing and that I wanted to talk about because that kind of leads in to this next sort of installation in this series of, of how we are the church. You know, if you are a if you believe in Jesus, if you've accepted him as Lord and Savior in your life, that that you are the church, you are this body of Christ that you're to go out and spread the word to tell the people about Jesus, not just verbally. But in how you live your life, you know, how do you treat others when you're in a certain situation? You know, how do you react? How do you how do you handle yourself in various situations? That's what people are going to see. And ultimately, that's what's going to attract them to want what you have. And that's what it's all about. Right. Um, but if we're to go out into the world and tell other people about Jesus, then that requires a four letter word. <laughs> right? That requires us to be bold. And we need to be unafraid of what other people think about us. You know, we need to be unafraid of, of if people are going to look at us side-eyed because we believe in Jesus. 
The problem, though, I think, is this. We live in a politically correct world. Have you ever really thought, like really honestly sat back and thought, what does it mean to be politically correct? Basically, being politically correct means that you go out of your way to not offend anyone, which, you know, I'm sure, like many things, this whole political correct thing started out with good intentions, all right? We don't want to intentionally, we don't want to intentionally make people mad, right? That's not why we're here. But the language of things being politically correct, I think a lot of people would agree, has gotten absolutely out of hand. All right, now, listen to this. I uh, went to this website, listverse.com, and this is from an article from Listverse. This is what it says. Would you call yourself a pet owner? The Journal of Animal Ethics would disagree. In 2011, its editors decided that the word pets was insulting to animals. They tried to replace the entire spectrum of words relating to owning a cat or dog. The result was a uh, dictate to, to call pets animal companions and owners human carers. So nowadays, according to this, uh, you are not a pet owner. You are now a you have an animal companion. You are a human carer for that animal companion. Are you serious? Seriously. I mean, you cannot make this up at all. And I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen this uh, this John Christ video. It's absolutely hysterical. It, it centers around the, this game of guess who and how politically correct you need to be in today's world. It, it's hysterical to laugh at, but it's funny because it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But for some people, that's that's how they are every day of their life. All right, And right now, we live in a world, we live in a world right now where being manly is a bad thing, right? Because you're a man, it's a bad thing because it may offend women or because you just being a man will offend women. It's, it's, <laughs> there's even a college, all right? Listen to this. This is how far this has gotten out of hand. There's a college that has banned the term political correctness and they instead insisted their students use the word sensitive. So that means they have to find a politically correct version of the term politically correct. That's when you know it's gotten out of control, when you have to find another word for the word you're using, right? It's crazy, but that's where we're at right now. And here's the thing. If you really want to send someone that is that is absolutely, you know, wrapped up in this world of political correctness. If you want to send them in a tizzy, if you want them to see stars and get dizzy, uh, all you have to do is relate anything to being a Christian. Seriously, it, it, that's what it seems like. That's why we can't pray at school. That's why we can't have a weekday religious education at the school. All right, where where we are. Um, we used to be able to have weekday religious education in the school, but instead they said, you can't do that. So now we got to put the kids on the bus, take them to a place off the school property where they can, you know, learn about Jesus. But seriously, this is why uh, we can't pray before sporting events, before graduations or whatever. It's, 
You know, we we at the school that's right behind our church here. They can't. There's a fellowship of Christian athletes. They can't meet at the school. They have to go off campus to meet. So they come to our church and and meet. But it's like, come on, man. <laughs> it's like, is it so terrible? I mean, is it is it so terrible that we tell other people about Jesus? Apparently so. I have a friend. He's another minister friend of mine, and he was asked by the school where he's located um, to to start this program that basically is a 12-week course. And I, I can't remember. It was either aimed at, at eighth graders or freshmen. But anyway, it, it centered on them being a good man, all right, treating people with respect, not lying, keeping your word, how to go on dates, the whole nine yards. Anyway, it, it how to treat people nicely, how to treat people with respect, how to not lie to people, keeping your word, all this thing. He gave through this entire course for these um, these young men. And basically, he's like, all I'm doing is I'm teaching these kids how to act like Jesus. Now, he can't say that. He can't you know tell these kids, you know, uh, you know, children, all you got to do is act like Jesus and you're fine. Um but no, this. But you got to remember that my friend is—he's very vocal. He's very bold. He's very unafraid to stand on the truth of the Bible. He is absolutely unafraid to do it. And when some parents heard who it was was going to be leading this class, you know, it took one parent. It took one parent to hear that he would be teaching this class, and they immediately went to. The principal, they went to the superintendent, whoever was listening, and they were demanding that this dude better not be teaching these kids anything about Jesus. He better not be teaching anything from a Bible because, you know, Jesus was such an awful role model. But, um, you know, he had to sit down with a lawyer and figure out what he could say, what he could not say, and it became this whole thing because of one parent. You know, it's, it's like some people hear the word Christian or they hear Jesus and they just immediately, they get mad. Their arms get in the air and they're like, oh, you can't say that. You can't do that. that that's their immediate reaction. But here's the thing. And what's interesting about this is that we think we've, we've come so far as a society that we're far better now than we used to be. But it's the same thing now than it was during the time um, of the apostles. All right, now here's the deal. Jesus gave his 12 disciples, he gave them a very important job to do. In Matthew 28, verse 19 uh, and 20, he tells them this. He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, we call this... This commandment, the Great Commission, they're given this job by Jesus to go out and spread the news of the gospel. You know, the gospel that uh, that Jesus loves us, that he died for our sins, that it's, it's through only Jesus that we get to heaven. Now, to do that, that job, it's a very important job, but for us to do it, it takes us to be bold. And in the, in the Bible... There are several examples on how we can do just that, on how we can be bold in this world. In the book of Acts, in the third chapter, we read about John and Peter, and they're traveling 
around. They're giving people the gospel. They're telling them about Jesus, doing this whole witnessing thing. They're doing this great commission that Jesus told them to do. And in fact, they actually, they go out and they heal a man that has never been able to walk. All right, this guy would would set up every day outside the temple and he would beg from people as they entered to to go do their daily prayers. And he's he's set upside the temple. John and Peter come walking up and Peter says, look at us. So now this beggar that can't walk thinks Peter and John are going to give him this big payday. But then Peter says this in Acts 3, starting with verse 6. Peter said, silver or gold, I don't have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. All right? So so here you have uh, Peter and John. They healed this guy. They totally healed this guy, which then caused everyone around them to believe in what they were given. And so that's when the Jewish leaders, they, they hear what's going on, and they immediately went outside, and they had John and Peter arrested. They're thrown in jail. And since it was nighttime, they were forced to stay locked up overnight. Now, the next day, all the leaders, the teachers, the elders, um, known as the Sanhedrin, uh, were they brought Peter and John forward and questioned them on what they'd been doing. They're out there teaching people about this Jesus guy. They didn't like that very much. And so they looked at the Ben and they said, by what power, by what name did you do this? They asked. I love Peter's response. Okay. In Acts 4, starting with verse 8, Peter speaks and it says this, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are going, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Dang, man. Mic drop. Walk away. That is that is fantastic. But because here's the thing. Peter and John, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were bold enough to stand up to the Sanhedrin. They were bold because they knew, they knew that when it came to proclaiming Jesus to other people, they weren't alone. They weren't alone. God was with them. God had their back. God would always and absolutely always be in their corner. So I want to know today, can you be as bold 
as Peter and John. Can you stand up in this politically correct world that we live in and proclaim that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life? Can you be as bold as John and Peter? I hope so. I hope so, man. I hope so. All right, so what about this? Let's look at um let's look at this other guy. Let's go back in time. Let's talk about David. All right, we're going to go Old Testament now. We're going to talk about David. All right, now, if you think back uh, to Sunday school, you hear about the story of David and Goliath, right? Now, it's easy to forget um, just how absolutely terrifying Goliath was to the Israelites. All right, now, day after day, Goliath would, would taunt and he would insult the Israelite army, and they would do nothing because they were so scared of him. They would just watch him do it. They were petrified of him. Until one day, David hears what Goliath is doing. David hears that Goliath is insulting not just the army, but he's insulting God. And you know what? That gets David fired right up. And so uh, in 1 Samuel 17, starting with verse 45, it says this, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands." Again, mic drop, walk away. Yes, sir. But can you imagine? Can you imagine? You have no idea what David was up against. I mean, he was up against what everyone else perceived as a as an enemy that could not be defeated. And he walked right up and said that. And here's the thing. He did it. <laughs> he gathered his his stones and he, you know, struck down Goliath chopped his head off, and did exactly what he said he would do because the Lord was on his side. David knew the Lord was on his side. Because David knew that, he could be bold. He could be bold. But can you imagine if all of us were that bold? Can you imagine what the world would be like if all of us were as bold as David? Can you imagine if all of us were as bold as John and Peter to stand up to people we have what we think we have no business standing up to. Can you imagine what the world would be like if all of us were that bold? Now, you know, I get it, man. I, I absolutely get it. It's kind of scary. I know it's a, a huge task that we've been given to do this great commission thing. You know, we're given this huge job to go and witness to other people. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, we're not doing it alone. All right, we're not doing it alone. All right, be bold. Be bold enough to tell other people your story. Or you know what? Let's let's flip that on the other side. Be bold enough to ask someone, "What's your story? You know, how did? Why are you the way? Why do you believe what you believe? Right? Like, why why are you the way you are? You know, be bold enough to even ask that question." 
All right, don't don't shy away when the opportunity presents itself. Be bold to share your story, to to let other people know how God's working in your life, what, you know, a personal relationship with Jesus, what that looks like. All right, get out there and be bold because we have a job to do. We have a job to do not just to to grow the church, but we have this job at the very core was given to us by Jesus to go out and spread the gospel, to go out and tell other people about him and live a life that brings other people to know him. All right, that's the job we've been given. And it takes us to be bold, but you can do it because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, I pray that that's what we can do. And I pray that for you. Would you pray with me now? Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the love you have for us. We thank you that you have filled us with your Holy Spirit, that we are able to go out into the world, to be bold, to, to tell other people about you, to live a life that brings other people and to know your love. Lord, And I pray we can do that. I pray that we can be bold like David. I pray that we can be bold like John and like Peter and that we can stand up to these different circumstances in this politically charged, politically correct world that we live in, that we can stand up still in this world today and say, yes, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. And you cannot defeat me because I have God on my side. I pray that we be bold enough to do that very thing, that we can stand up in this world and not back down and stand firm on the knowledge that you are the way, the truth, and the life. What an awesome God you are. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We'll try and do these every single week, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening, and God bless.